Welcome to the world according to Jackie Simmons. Super happy you're here and super happy to introduce you to my guest, Clifford Starts. We're gonna go deep dive into the world according to Clifford because he made some pivots and we are all in this realm of pivoting right now as we are all in the COVID cocoon. So there may be something about his story that's gonna help you write your story and that's what it's all about here on this show. So let's go. Hey, Clifford, let's see. Well, let me unmute you. No, you have to unmute yourself. What can we Awesome. Say? There we go. <laughs> Yay. I love it when technology works. <laughs> yes, makes it so much easier. <laughs> well, Jackie, uh, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, just uh -huh. as you were talking about, life is really about a series of pivots. Mm -hmm. And so I've had the opportunity to do a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I think all of us have, and then now uh, we're all talking about it a little more. Yeah. All right. So, well, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute because, you know, I don't do a lot of scripting with this show and I really, really, really want to know what's the one pivot you don't want to talk about. I'm kind of weird because I have no problem talking about any of my pivots. <laughs> the only time I ever get in trouble, I actually get in trouble because I'm so like open that I'll get in trouble <laughs> with family members. <laughs> oh, okay. so, yeah. <laughs> I get that. All right. So, mm -hmm. so Clifford, fill everybody in. Give them the short version of the world according to Clifford, and then we're going to get them some help with some strategies so go uh, okay awesome so in my life i've had a lot of amazing things happen to me and a lot of really crappy things my mm -hmm. biological father left when i was four years old my grandfather passed away when i was five and i just had a lot of lessons from those particular things you know you'd be surprised how a couple words can really turn into a transformational lesson and so as I went through my journey and my mom remarried and she remarried a wonderful man, you know, and I consider that's my father because it's not about being blood. It's about showing up. And so seeing both sides and being able to forgive too, you know, it's life's life's a series of challenges. And then it's like, how are you going to show up for that challenge? And how are you going to show up for other people who are going to have similar challenges? Because we can actually take that and say, well, I got through the challenge, so why can't you? But that doesn't help anything. You know, that doesn't help anyone move forward. And it really comes down to take, take the time to empathize and to love people accordingly. And that's to love everybody. To love in such a way, it teaches them what true love is. And it makes them see it in a, in a, a deeper, more authentic level. You know, I think that's the challenge we're all having right now. Well, that's certainly a big, big lesson. All right, now I have to ask, what were the couple of words that triggered that lesson for you? So my, my dad, who's, so I, I have the sperm donor and then I have my dad, just so okay. people don't get confused. <laughs> there we go, clarity. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. So my dad, I was six years old at the time and he put me in front of the mirror and he said, take responsibility of your life regardless of what consequences happen, take responsibility. That person looking at you in the mirror, it's all 
all on that person. And I really took that one to heart. And it's, it's been a powerful lesson, such a powerful lesson for me. It's one of my lessons in my power of six. It's the fifth lesson. Cool. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to have to ask about the power of six again in a minute. Absolutely. So, growing up, coming in, yeah, what you're doing now was not your first career. I know that because it's never anybody's first career. Yeah, we yeah. don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I have not met anyone who was born a mission-driven anything. We get our mission later on. So, yeah. but growing up, we get some clues. What's another clue? What's another couple of words that had an impact on you that you realized later on? Um, death and life. You know, there's the duality of the two. Mm. Is, you know, one day you're going to die. And so you have to live fully. And so when I was five years old and my grandfather died, it scared the crap out of me. It mm. terrified me because I knew one day I was going to die. And so with knowing that, I was like, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. It was about me and it was about living as much as I could. So I absorbed as much as I could, as much knowledge as I could on what to do and what not to do. Well, you didn't learn all of that when you were six. So... That's a pretty big lesson, though, for a six-year-old yeah. to be able to grasp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so and it's one of those things that's it's, it's always stretching and growing. Like, even when I talk about my power of six, it's something that it's six principles, but it's six principles that are consistently stretching themselves. Like, I'll give an example. When I was a teenager, I wanted to lose weight. Like, that was, that was my focus, was losing weight. And so I went all in to getting that weight off. I ended up losing 60 pounds. Now you fast forward and look at, I want to help 1 billion people. Like mm -hmm. that wasn't a thought. Like, there, was no, there was no thought that, oh, me losing this weight and I'm going to go help a billion people. Like, no, they, they didn't coexist together. And so that's even when I, when I talk about the layers of, of loving one another, of being mm -hmm. empathetic. My son, for instance, he's three years old. He can only love how he can love. He's going to go through his journey and he's going to learn these deep layered lessons as he goes through the journey. Or mm -hmm. he can choose not to learn the lesson. You get the option. Like you're going to get to choose to do it or not to do it. And you just, you, you, you love as much as you can, empathize as much as you can, understand as much as you can so that seed of light will shine as bright as it can because it it really does it has a ripple effect like mm. we affect everything well there is that and so i forgot you had a three-year-old three-year-olds are so much fun yeah. yes he's a blast <laughs> he is <laughs> so cool so the whole prob the whole premise that you have of the power of sex you have your wonderful way about you now which one of those held both of those lessons because i'm going to lose weight i'm going to help a billion people which one is that yeah so it it's it's funny because all six of the lessons they coexist together okay like each principle coexists together and this is something I didn't know when I was going through it. 
You know, like when I was ready to lose that weight, like I had the, it was big thoughts. I, I had the thought, the desire, the clarity to do that. And I created the plan along the way. And I took the action and I had the faith to keep going even when I didn't want to. And I took the responsibility. So now I'm curious. There, are, um, mm -hmm. According to a lot of people out there, a lot of books written on this about what creates motivation. And it's mm -hmm. somewhere between the, the pressure of pain and the pull of pleasure. Mm -hmm. So what yeah. created that, mo that movement? What created that motivation for you? What were you moving from and to? I, I really like that question. And I will say living in the duality that I've lived in on seeing like a man drive away from you as a, when you're a kid and another man coming into your life and then you somehow making sense of both of those, making sense of, wow, he's just going to leave like that, you know, and making sense of, wow, I got lucky this new person came into my life and saying like, I'm going to live my life. Like the society's not going to dictate how I live my life. I'm going to live my life. And so kids would make fun of me. You know, they would tease me and I changed when I was ready to change. And it was from having those, those lessons of you're going to live and you're going to die, you know, like, so you better live your life as fully as you can. How old were you when you decided that you were done with the weight, you were going to lose it, you were going to change that? I was 13 at the time. And it was funny how it came about. So we were at a hotel and they had, so there was the front facing mirror and there was the back facing mirror too. And this is how I know like, oh man, they're messed with women who are going to get married because they have like three, three mirrors behind them. And they're like, oh yeah, well <laughs> this very expensive dress will make you look amazing. And so anyway, I saw myself at a different angle. Uh, and that's when I was like, I'm done. <laughs> got it. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so that was for the losing weight. Yeah. What was it for the, I'm going to touch the lives of a billion people? So after I lost my weight, I, I've always had an infectious love for people. Like I've always really loved people at, at a weird sort of a level. And I was kind of done with people because I loved them at such an infectious level. And I didn't feel like I got the same love from other people. So I was going to go live up in the forest with my pet bird. Remember, I'm a kid at the time, though. So, <laughs> so I, was, I was just done with people. You know, How I'm like you when you were done with people. I was between 14, 15 years old. Yeah, I was a, a little good kid. time for most kids to be done with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm out. I'm going to go live in the forest with my, my pet bird. I'm done. Mm -hmm. They don't love properly. And I remember, and I hope, you know, this is going to sound woo-woo anyway, so people can take it how they want. Um, but I got a voice that said, you have a gift don't throw it away. I didn't know what that meant. And I'm learning what it's meaning. But it was just kind of like, 
so what do I do with this? Like this infectious love for people, like that kind of sucks because they don't love you properly even when you love them. And so as I've gone through my journey and learned my lessons and learned like, oh, you can teach people how to love properly. It can be taught. And I got better and better at it and better at teaching it and better at giving it to people too. Like sometimes they just don't, it's not that, it's not that you're not loving them properly. It's just that it's not aligning in the way that it needs to align for both people to take and receive. You hit it right there. The biggest yeah. challenge in the world that we are seeing is people needing remedial training in how to receive anything, how to yeah. receive love, how to receive a compliment, how to receive abundance, how to receive a raise. I mean, we're just this challenge of receiving. The underpinnings of that is heartbreaking because the 90 some percent of people, the last survey I saw was really scary, that over 90% of the people in the survey were self-identified self with the phrase of struggling with the idea that they're not good enough. And from there, it's hard to give and it's almost impossible to receive. And yet that's the vast, vast majority of people. Yeah, so once you true. got it, okay, life lesson. I love life lessons. Life lessons are repeated until learned. So everybody might as well listen up and learn them from you so they don't have to keep going with it. <laughs> but I'll tell yeah. you, this message you have of you can learn love, you can teach people how to love is in complete alignment with the concept of we teach people how to treat us. Yeah, 100%. So let's just go up from there. A billion people's a lot. When did that number pop up for you? Actually recently. Yeah, it was a, it was a recent pop up and like a crazy person, I put it on my Facebook like my Facebook live. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to be held to it. So I'm held to it. And I'm like, huh. And I know that I do things like that because it makes you do what you need to do. You know, I have certain core values that I stand by and integrity is one of those values. So I think sometimes the best way to hold your integrity is to just let the world know what you're looking to do so they can call you on it. Where you're like, hey, I thought you were gonna, gonna do this over here. And that's where it gets really interesting when we speak on the society because we can, we can use the society to work for us or to work against us. Ooh, you know, I think a lot of people change. use the society, yeah, to work, to work against them. They're like, I have to do this thing for the society. I have to be this way. I can't live my life. I can't live all out. I can't live fully. And it's like, no, you are shrinking yourself. You are making yourself small. Make yourself big as hell. Make yourself bigger than life and shine bright and use the society to help propel you up, use them okay. to build you. I love it. Let's do, what's the top three things you can do that will use society to build you up? Lay it on us. Know what you want. Know what you want. Okay. Right? List what you want because knowing is only half of it. You can know it, but if you don't practice it, it doesn't matter. So list it out. Okay. And then use people to challenge you on it. And you're going to get people on both sides. You're going to get people who are saying, 
oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Ooh, that's going to suck. Oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, you, you've tried this before. And then you're going to be get people are like, yeah, you can do this. Yeah, you're all over this. You're going to crush this. And even when you get to your goal, see, this is where it gets interesting. Some of those people who are hating will say, I always knew you could do that. And some of those people who are cheering you on are going to say, don't get too big for your britches now. Look, you go be you. <laughs> the society's going to do what they're going to do. Use them to your advantage to help you move forward because when you're at your best, you know, you know you're going to give your best to other people. I have never seen an empowered person suck the life out of me. Like it's never happened. This is true. And, and I love it. Um, I just, I get challenged when people say, don't be self-centered. You know, you want to be in the center of your own life. Who else belongs in the center of your own life? And you're yeah. right. It's like, yeah. no, I'm grounded. You go right ahead. You say whatever you want. But my opinion of me is the one that matters. Yes. And getting that message across. So you are doing such a great job getting your message across, Clifford. I mean, that's how we met is because somewhere our messages tangled up with each other. We said, oh, wait a minute, we need to talk. Yeah. Absolutely. What got you involved in social media? What got you out there in that way? <laughs> the society. <laughs> so so um, I got into fighting professional fighting and Ooh. this is going to be kind of ironic yeah this is going to be an ironic one I was, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i wanted to get into that right what i love competing like competing is fun to me but the other piece is i wanted to remind people to love one another so <laughs> fighting and, and like fighting and loving how does that work and so i love reason... you enough to knock you out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can see that as, a, as like a valentine's day card you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and my thought behind it was I needed enough eyeballs, enough eyeballs, because when you get eyeballs, people listen to you. And okay. when people listen to you, they're more inclined to take your information as valid information. Yeah. Like that's like, I've been practicing the human psyche since I was young. Like I love reading up on, on psychology on the way we think, on why we think the way we think, on our mindset. And we are beautifully imperfect. Like we will do the most amazing things. But the other side is we will do some of the shittiest things too. We are capable of both. And so every day we get up, we get to make a choice. And it's like, are we going to take the left or the right? And we're making that over and over and over again. And I want people just to make the right choice more often than not. Okay, so reconcile those two things for me about fighting and love. Yes. So my whole thing was because I do like competing, right? Mm -hmm. If I could get to the top, if I could get to where I wanted to be, as ironic as it is, you win that belt, all of a sudden, your voice matters. Ah, got it. Yeah. You see I how Conor McGregor, people listen to Conor McGregor, because all of a sudden his voice matters. Okay. So I love it for, for in my world, we call those credibility blocks, you mm -hmm. know, things you can stand on. You get a little taller, yeah. people can see you, your voice carries a little further when you've got credibility blocks to stand on. And that's a big one. 
because the number of people who ever go for a championship in anything, much less in fisticuffs, yeah, I mean, that, that's a very rare group of people. Yeah. So how does that fit in with love? Just because you can get your message out more. Yeah, so this is what I loved about fighting so much. Okay. It's fighting, is, one, it was, there's so many lessons I've learned through it. So I didn't even know I was going to learn some of these lessons as I was going through it. But one is when you get to the top, you have put your all into it, blood, sweat, and tears. It is not an easy sport. Mm -hmm. and, and that competition, I love to compete. And I will always love to compete. But it's about healthy competition. Like even when you're, it's two people getting in a cage, trying to knock each other's head off but they have signed and agreed to it. It's not like, and I'm just going to hurt you just because I want to hurt you. Like, no, it is an agreed upon message with rules and guidelines, right? There we go. Now the, Everybody's yes, in to the rules. Yes, yes, everybody's in it. And, and the truth is, if you get two solid fighters who know it's really just them against them, no one can lose that. They don't lose and the fans don't lose. Everybody wins. Everybody wins because it's like they get a great fight. Everybody gets to see it. And, and God be willing, everybody goes home safely. No, no major injuries, right? And the other piece, and this is a lesson I learned when I was in it. I love the combination of professional and fighter put together. Because fighter means like you're going into that primal state. Mm -hmm. that, that aggressive, ready to do what you need to do state. But at the same time, you have to be a professional. And a professional sticks to the plan. They do the things they need to do, even when it's not working the way they want it to work. They have to adjust. They have to be a professional. Because if you go in there just primal, you will get knocked out by a professional fighter. They, the ones who can keep their wits about them, mm -hmm. they are the dangerous ones. Not the ones who are going all chaotic and yelling and freaking out. And it's, it's been good for my relationship because sometimes my wife just wants to fight with me. And sometimes it's me too, right? We're human. <laughs> and so when in that fight, yelling back and forth doesn't do anything, doesn't help anything. Mm. No one goes like, no matter how right you are or how logical you are, if the other person's pissed off, they're not saying, oh, you are so correct in that. I'm going to sit down and think about what I've been saying. Like, it doesn't work that way. No. But if you can do the professional piece and stay professional while you have the primal, then you can get out of that. Because, I, yeah, it's get out of it. <laughs> In a way where both parties can win. Because there is such a thing as you winning a, an argument and really not winning the argument. You win that argument and they're, they're resentful for that win. You haven't won. Yeah, you can win the battle and lose the war. Yes, yeah. yes. You can damage but when you can stay in it, you stay in it and you just, you remind them that you love them, you're still in that calm state because you know what that professional fighting, that professional primal state is like, and you're yeah. cool. You're okay. You can't, you're just like, all right, I and love it, you. It is a very, very interesting mind training that you're talking about. Yeah, there are gentler, just so everybody knows, there are gentler ways 
to learn these lessons about emotional resilience and emotional control. However, you learned your lesson your way and now you're using it to spread an amazing message in the world. Yes. So share these six, okay? You, you, you live by this power of six. Would you just take us through the power of six while we've got a few minutes? Because I know there are gonna be questions. Absolutely, absolutely. So my big thing is first and foremost, it's about finding clarity, know specifically what you want, and mm -hmm. that sometimes does take time, but do your best, get as clear as you can. Just get as clear as you can. And it, go, it funnels through, so this is the first principle, clarity, think big, feel big. If you can think big and feel big. And just like I said, everyone's on different stages. Mm -hmm. So me, when I was a younger kid looking to lose weight, that was my think big, that was my feel big. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be in that thing. And so I could feel it, I could think it, it was there. And then the second is have an effective plan. And I say effective plan because it's not like people don't have some sort of plan, but sometimes they over plan and sometimes they under plan. And if you don't do like, if you're under planning or over planning, that's dangerous. If you can just plan like, okay, what three things are you gonna do today? What three things are you gonna do to get you to your month goal or two month goal or three month goal, whatever it needs to be. And are you going to keep them up on the wall somewhere? Because if you write a plan down and you go hide the plan somewhere, all of a sudden you start forgetting about that plan really fast. Like, oh, what plan? Oh yeah, I, I, I remember that. So make it simple enough to where it's not like so overbearing and, and uncomfortable. It has to be some three easy steps. That's it. Like Keep it. it simple. Yeah. The passionate action is the third step. And passionate action is a combination of when you can think big, feel big, and you have the plan, you most likely will just act on passion. Like when you can get the first two down, you will passionately act. Oh. And that's the piece that was really interesting to me because I didn't know at the time I was going through what I was going through. So I was, I was passionately acting and in our society, we're taught like, just do it, make it happen, make it a reality. And so that's one stage that I had to learn when I was in personal training and I was working with people who, who couldn't follow through. They couldn't mm -hmm. follow through. And I'm like, just do the strategies that I'm giving you. And I'm like, oh, I didn't take them through the other steps. You got to take them through the other steps first before they follow those strategies and feel comfortable with those strategies. Because if a person's not thinking big, it doesn't matter how they're acting. They can't possibly act as passionately as they should be. It's just hard for them to do. They don't see the finish line. Well, you're right about that. It's like, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably wind up somewhere else. And we know when we don't know where we're going. Absolutely, uh, so. absolutely. All right, so I got three, yeah. what's the next one? So the fourth is have unshakable faith. Because what gets really, really interesting is people feel that when they follow those three, it should just work out right now. And that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Driving. <laughs> yeah. Because you gotta you gotta stretch and learn and become the person you're looking to become. And you can't become that person without the stretching and the growing into that. And so that's where that faith of like, okay, don't stop. It's like, but I did, 
yeah, don't stop because you're growing into that person. There we go. Right? There's yeah. some interesting thinking going on in my brain around that one. You're right. It is about growing into. Because mm. if we were able to handle it when we first thought of it, we'd already have it. We have to exactly. grow into being able to whatever it is. And they've proven yes. this over and over again with money. That's why lottery winners tend to, within three to four years, go back to the same money amount that they had before they hit the lottery because they didn't Absolutely. have time to grow into that abundance. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I 100%. love that one. Keep going. What's, what's after unshakable faith? So the fifth one is take responsibility. The mm -hmm. reason I keep responsibility towards the end is because a person has to feel good about themselves. A person has to feel empowered. It is taking responsibility is not always the easiest thing to do because you're <laughs> literally taking responsibility of your life and saying, I did this shit. Like I did this to me. And it, that's hard. It was probably a lot easier when you were six than it was when you were 20. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I got, I, and I don't even want to call it lucky. It's just, that's what was dealt in my cards. Mm. I had good parents who did the best that they could. And, and as I've gone through my journey, right, my take responsibility was my parents only knew what they knew. So there was more out there. Like there was, there was a lot more out there, but they're not at fault for not knowing what was out there. So that's why I tell learn, grow, adapt. What do you want? Get close to what you want. Get close to people who have what you want or have something of what you want. And even when people like try and make it, well, I want to do something completely different. Then go around people who have done things completely different because there's people like that too. <laughs> oh my goodness. And yes, and I seem to be hanging out with a bunch of them. I can't imagine why that would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me, and so that when we start looking at ourselves and saying like, oh my God, I'm a creator. Like this is, I, this is what I am. I infusion a creator. And not only am I a creator, I am an empowered creator because I went through those other steps. So I am implementing and becoming and growing into what I need to be. There we go. All right. So we've got yeah. clarity, effective plan, passionate action. I do like that one. Unshakable faith because you have to have some growing in there and taking responsibility. Having faith first makes it a little easier to take responsibility. But yeah, yes. and these work backwards too. Taking responsibility for continuing to do whatever you need to do to have your faith be unshakable. And it's not faith in a religious sense. It's faith in a plan, faith in a goal. Yes. Yes. Got it. All right. What's the sixth one? So the sixth step, the secret sauce is greatness within. And greatness within is you have everything in you to be the greatest version of you. And that's why I talk about awaken the greatness within is knowing that you have something special in you that nobody else has. And it's about you taking the time to master your greatness. You know, like mastery is those steps by steps. It's the same thing as I can't say like once I've eaten right and I feel like I'm in shape and I'm like, whoo, I don't have to eat right anymore. I made it. It's a consistent thing that you stick with. And you're always going towards mastery, always being a better version of you. Got it. Okay. So that's one of those key things that for some people, it's very disheartening that there's yeah. no end to the journey. 
then and you can mm -hmm. take and make it the whole thing very disheartening and i'm just gonna this is the elephant in the room for a lot of people they're gonna go yeah yeah it was easy for you don't you love it when somebody says that my second yeah. favorite <laughs> one is when somebody looks at me and says wow you're lucky yeah and i'm like yeah i'm at 18 hours a day worth of lucky yeah what you yeah. do yesterday um and it's easy for me i'll be honest it's easy for me to get an attitude sometimes when when people say you're lucky what they're really saying is i'm not willing yeah to do what you've done to be as lucky as you are what do you say to someone who you know the only reason they are struggling is because they haven't made the decision to be willing yeah so um and this is part probably part of the reason why i really focused in on coaching without even realizing it i'm a super curious person Ooh. so whenever someone says something to me i get curious on to why they think that and so it, it, it opens them up to the principles. Like it opens them up to the possibility. Mm -hmm. And people are on different stages and different places of their journey. Like I, this is gonna sound insane, what I'm about to say, but I envision myself, and I don't know if it will ever happen, as a motivational speaker as well, if I could speak to clan members, on their hatred and their anger and rise them up to be something better than what they're doing because it it's destructive and it's hurtful like it doesn't help anyone and people sometimes think putting their thumb down on other people keeps other like it keeps them on top mm -hmm. keeps a certain person on top when in truth everyone can win this game called life like everyone can and so when I can take people who have a different consciousness level of my own and convert them to say like, to see possibility, to see like, why not rise another person up for the sake of rising them up? You know, I, I listened to Martin Luther King and his I Have a Dream speech and it was mm -hmm. a beautiful speech because it talks about being, being judged by the character, right? Mm -hmm. And I think everybody is capable of having not just good character, but great character. I think everybody can. Uh, and it's a challenge sometimes and it's hard sometimes, but it's worth taking on. You know, it, it goes back to that fighter in me. It's worth taking on. And when the society says, don't do it, Clifford, don't do it. My fighter in me says, why not? <laughs> Your question why not raise someone up is a powerful powerful question and i love where you went with it you know and and you and i are like oil and water okay because mm -hmm. your vision your vision is this way and your why not question is why not raise someone up and mm -hmm. my vision is this way and mine is why not keep someone down mm -hmm. And we get the same results for people coming at it from two very different perspectives. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, and, and I'm like, there, there's no way to do it wrong, which is one of my favorite things is, you know, you can't yeah. do this wrong. 
And I love the fact that it does not matter where someone is starting with you. There is always more up. Mm -hmm. There's always more up with you, Clifford. And I love that about you. Now, you love waking people up. And so before I forget, I want to tell everybody, and there'll be a link in the uh, show notes. In the show notes, you'll find it, where it's going to say, Awaken the Greatness Within. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Because that's exactly what you were talking about. Why not raise someone up? Well, for you, the way to do that is to help them wake up to who they are. Yeah. Where did that idea of awaken the greatness within come from? So there was a coach who said, if you can get to a goal by yourself, mm-hmm. the goal isn't big enough. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. And my, my premise as I went through my journey was greatness within. So I was focusing on greatness within. And I ended up hiring a coach. His name's Ryan Nidell. And he has an assistant. Her name's Jennifer. Two amazing people. Mm. Like they've really helped me on my journey. And so she, they've helped me with my copywriting and understanding making things tangible. Mm-hmm. And so I knew it's always been in here. And it's about getting it out into the external world. So we're living in an internal, external world, Mm -hmm. right? And so she said, she goes, it has to be something that they can understand. Like, I get what you're saying because I've talked to you and I understand you. But it's like, what if you put awaken? Because at the same time, I don't want to take complete credit for my own journey. It's not true. (laughs) There's other players. Um, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm not going... You know, a coach. Yeah, I have a coach for each area in my life that I'm stretching. Oh yeah, you talk yeah. about growing pains and stretching. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, alone, not even hardly. Doesn't happen. Yeah, doesn't happen. happen. I mean, yeah. Thank God for technology and the way that things have gone because now I can handle recording and doing the show on my yeah. own if I have to. Yes. I can't interview someone if someone's not around and I'm not the right person to be doing the post-production and making it all pretty for the podcast, for the YouTube channel and for all of those things that have to happen. Yeah. Team. Yeah. Team. Team. For for us to have the impact. And I don't care who's listening or who's watching or what it is you all are trying to do. If you want to impact more than just the people that are within three square miles of you. You're going to have to embrace this idea that you really cannot do it alone. No one does. Yeah, 100% agree. Some people are really, really good at being out front and being the face. And Mm. those of us, we're the creatives. What do we have to have behind us to make it possible for us to be seen is a bunch of people who understand how that side of a message works. You know, yes. there's such yeah, a thing as being message driven. And even if you are message driven and mission driven, you've got to have the team. Even yeah. if it's just your best friend who comes over and holds your hand while you get it done. Mm-hmm. Whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. Cool. So what do you have coming up next? You've got You've got a voice in the world. Uh, 
Yeah, you're starting to, to get a voice in the world. What's next? What can people look forward to hearing from more about from you? Yeah, so uh, the people who do join the Awaken the Greatness Within, Ryan Nidell, the guy I was talking about, he is, he really puts your feet to the fire, <laughs> which, I, which I absolutely 100% respect. But I'm in the process of writing a book. And Aisha Cogboard has actually helped me on this journey too. And all my coaches have. But right now it's just those two that I've been working with to move forward. But um, in the middle of writing a book, I'm actually doing my first beta course. And I got my 15 people to sign up for that. So I'm super excited because that was the number I wanted to get. I'm like, hey, if I can get 15 people and it's just like the universe spoke. So I'm happy about that. Uh, I'm going to have that out. And where I'm really excited is I get to see how it affects them in mm -hmm. a way like, do they love it? Do they like it? Do they dislike it? Do they hate it? And, and do I, I like that, teaching it? Hold it. You yeah. got to put you in there. Because yes. I, I do beta. I love doing beta courses. Mm -hmm. And the people who take the beta, I always invite them back for the next round because the second time I teach anything is different. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Teach it the first time to lay something down and then you can do something different. Yeah. So. And I tell you, it's, it's, it's been such a cool experience already because I'm just how you talk about being a creative. You have your idea of what it's going to look like, mm -hmm. but you add other pieces to it as you're going through it too. Oh yeah. Like so, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're really, they're opening up and being so vulnerable and they're being vulnerable in a safe space mm -hmm. where they can really upgrade in a level they didn't even think was possible at one time. And that's, there's just nothing cooler than that. You know, we haven't even started. I haven't even given them the course. We're just in a messenger chat. And I'm like, and I'm reading these chats and I'm like, this is so cool. Like this is so they're bonding right now. And it's cool to watch. There's a conversation happening, Clifford, and that's one of the great things about what you're doing and about the time that we're spending together today. So I want to just let people know what we're talking about is a website, www.awakenthegreatnesswithin.com, and that takes them to a group, to a Facebook group, to an online group where they can start to interact and get to know each other. It's not where the course is happening, but it's where you can hear about the next round when it happens and where they can get more engagement with understanding what these six pillars are, these six powerful places to play. The power, that, that's such a cool place for you. And yeah. I've got a surprise for you, okay? I'm known as the queen of taglines and I uh, just realized what I'm gonna title this segment. Are you ready? I'm ready. Fighting your way to love. I love it. So there we go. Literally. <laughs> so on the on that note, take us home. What is the one action that someone can do beyond going and, and becoming part of the community that you are guiding on this mission? What is one thing that someone can do that's going to help them get started on their journey to awaken the greatness within? Okay, one of the most important things I could tell anyone to do is get as present as you can with yourself. 
love yourself a little more fully because when you love yourself, it gives you the energy to do the things you need to do. And it gives you the energy to love people in a way you didn't even know was possible. Give me the step-by-step to getting present with myself. Give me three steps. Take a breath. Realize that air is going into your lungs, in and out of your lungs. Focus on that place. Realize that you're a creator and what you've created. Step back. Think of your journey. Think about the people you've loved and the people that you've hurt. Think about the times that you've hurt yourself and think about the times you've loved yourself. Go as deep as you can and know you're in a safe space. Know that there's no judgment here, just a place to feel empowered. And feel that power watching over you as you're going in, breathing in more power and breathing out the negativity. Do that consistently for 20 breaths. Wake up and get ready to take action. Oh, I like that. I'm a big fan of things that do left brain, right brain together. Mm -hmm. And that does. Yeah. And that does. So just so you all know that while you are doing that exercise of breathing in and out, triggering, bringing up, consciously connecting with the memories from your experiences of where things were right and where they weren't with yourself and others. And at the same time, being aware of how many breaths you're taking. This is a wonderful, wonderful way to really incorporate this idea of processing stuff, Clifford. That's amazing. Cool, cool. All right, everyone. You heard it here first. There is a way to fight your way to love. And you're going to do it better with Clifford. So Clifford, thank you so much. for. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I was saying thank you for being willing to go into the ring and bring those <laughs> lessons out to those of us who are not willing to step into the ring. At least not that ring. So, yeah. My invitation to everyone listening today is whatever ring is calling you to step in and be great, feel free to gather a tribe that's on the same journey with you. We are so grateful, Clifford, for you being here and for everyone who decided to go on this journey with us. So, brings us to the end of the show, Clifford. Aww. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, when you are finished and we're about to, we're wrapping up, I want you to give a message to your son for me. Okay. And the message is, thank you for being willing to wait until dad was done. Jackie says, thank you. <laughs> everyone listening because he could have made so many other choices during the time that we were talking. And so I just really want to acknowledge him and let him know. Thank you. Thank you. He was oh, so good this well. time. <laughs> <laughs> so that probably didn't get caught. Say it again. He was so good this time. He was amazing. Yeah. He really I'm really impressed. Well. Yeah, I will give him a, I'm going to have to give him a popsicle or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love the idea of professionally 
means you go all in within the rules. Yes. So, knowing the rules of the game you want to play is key. And Clifford, thank you for bringing your rules and sharing, with, sharing them with us today. Absolutely. Namaste. 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 Translated in many different ways. The one I like is the light within me recognizes yeah. and salutes the light within you. And yes. so namaste, brighten up the world, and have a great day. Actually, mm, say that again, Jackie. Make it a great day, everyone. The choice is yours. Thank you very much, Clifford. Thank you. <laughs>